welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast brought to you by Payne West Insurance. I'm your host, Jack Genoway. Over the next two episodes, we are going to be celebrating our 2023 Business Excellence Award winners. Hannah Olson, the Chamber's Communications and Marketing Director, and I interviewed all five winners. Next episode, you'll hear from our Employer of the Year, our Inclusion Award winner, and our Customer Service Award winner. And this week, we have our Next Gen Emerging Leader and our Business Person of the Year. Now, without further ado, here is our Business Person of the Year, Dusty Eat. We are on location at A&E Designs with our outstanding Business Person of the Year, Dusty Eaton. Dusty, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your organization? Yeah, so I'm Dusty Eaton. I'm the CEO here at A&E Design and um, actually grew up in Billings and love being back in this community. Moved away to study architecture and then uh, just have a passion for Billings and I think what the possibilities here are. So any design is um, we were actually started and, and founded in Billings and this is our 50th anniversary this year. So it's a really cool and important milestone for us. And since that time, we've we've grown considerably. But, no, you know, knowing the roots run deep here in Billings and then we've since expanded to offices in Billings uh, or excuse me, from Billings to Bozeman, Missoula and Kalispell as well. Um, you know, and then personally, uh, something else that that I'm actively involved with that's very important to me is my family and I run a nonprofit organization called United Love. And that's um, really centered around I lost my younger brother when um, 10 years ago now when he was in his 20s and to a rare cancer. And that was a really painful and, and challenging experience. And from that, we started an organization called United Love, which is focused on donating iPads to cancer patients um, and to hospitals and oncology centers, both um, around Montana, but also around the country. And so we donate, we've donated hundreds of iPads um, going to organizations like St. Jude's and other major uh, cancer and, and pediatric centers around the country, but then also focusing on Montana and covering all of our all of our hospitals and treatment centers around Montana. And then we do a lot of individual donations to uh, cancer patients and, and um, individuals that need support that, that ability to remain connected outside the hospital room is really important and something we found there's a great need for. The, we, uh, we have a wide variety of listeners uh, to our show. Uh, and so I imagine there are a couple of people who really aren't that familiar with A&E designs. If you could just give, a short summary of what A&E does. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a, um, I mentioned this is our 50th anniversary. So we've always been a longstanding architecture firm and been that way for um, about the last 43 years was an architecture firm and just a really solid, steady um, architecture firm focused on doing great design and elevating the quality of design work in this region primarily Montana focused. And um, we have really started to see the potential in growth that goes beyond architecture to focus more on multidisciplinary design focused um, skills and talents. So thinking about how we pull branding and environmental graphic design and creative writing um, all to a tradition of architecture and thinking less about 
this perfect description of putting architecture um, in a perfect little box and thinking more about solving design problems, much larger scale design problems where interior design and graphic design and branding um, and historic preservation all fuse together to really solve a much wider range of creative challenges that our clients have. And that's been so exciting to watch. We've just blown the lid off of what traditional design firms do by combining these disciplines and then solving problems that go far beyond what we would have in the past. And there's unlimited potential in how we grow that. So, so seeing our growth around the state and now kind of really starting to reach further out into the region around this multidisciplinary approach is something that is unique to us. No one else is really tackling it the way we are. And it's something I'm really excited to continue to see grow. So your, uh, your slogan for a &E is create impact. And I think for um, people in this area, they may not even realize the, like, the impact that you've had on this community and surrounding areas. Can you talk a little bit about just some of the projects that you have been behind that people might recognize? Yeah, we, we touch a lot of um, large scale, significant projects um, ar around the state. You know, we, we span in, in the experience from projects like currently we're working on the expansion to the Billings Airport, which is really important to so many people, right? Changing that experience of what someone have when they arrive in Billings for the first time. Um, we're also working on the, the new um, in-design phase South Billings Recreation Center, which is such an important project for our community and um, really widening the opportunities for people to be a part of recreation that might not have that otherwise, might not have that, that opportunity. And then we, we really reach to a lot of historic preservation work. We have been working at Old Faithful Lodge for 25 years now. Uh, we have a, a fun uh, fact that many people might not know is if you go into the, the main grand lobby space at Old Faithful Lodge, we have completely dismantled that over the years and run steel tendons up through the logs and then put everything back together in its original condition to make the building seismically compliant and restored every window and every log in that entire um, historic structure, right? So you look at the significance of a historic structure like Old Faithful or uh, our state capital where we have done preservation and restoration work there for many years. They're really uh, significant projects to our region. And so being a part of the, the preservation and restoration end of the spectrum on that side, and then leading some of the most innovative work at say some of our universities, we just completed uh, the Norm Asbjornsson College of Engineering building at MSU, which in Bozeman, which was the first lead platinum building on the campus at Montana State University Bozeman. And um, it's innovative in, in every regard of what an engineering building should do and be a catalyst for change in how teaching and learning is occurring. And so you look at the, the spectrum of projects like that, and that's what absolutely has me excited about what we're doing. And uh, just really fires my passion for touching all aspects of the scale of project types, right? And then you look across the street and I'm, I'm very um, supportive and bullish on downtown buildings and the possibilities here. And a small project like the new symphony space uh, across the street from us here and just seeing the importance of big projects and small and that every project has an impact in our community 
and they're all equally important at different scales and for different reasons. But that port project for the symphony took over an important corner that needed that kind of vibrancy and it brought it to downtown buildings. That's awesome. So I'm not going to necessarily ask you to pick which one of your kids is your favorite, but as you look back at your career, what, what do you think you are the most proud of? You know, I'm, um, if I think about, if I think about being proud of something beyond projects, we touch so many projects. And as I mentioned, they're all so important. What I'm actually, um, really proud of is the work that has been done around growing the way we approach our work. So if we think about the the different disciplines that we brought in house, there, there are not other design firms that are bringing all of these disciplines to solve a, a unique problem, right? If I bring a graphic designer and a creative writer and an architect and interior designer to solve a problem, we're doing so through the unique lens that each person looks at that problem. And they all bring a talent and a skill. And we then solve things in completely different ways. And so growing the practice, growing our practice of design around this new idea is revolutionary. And it's something I'm incredibly proud to do because we're attracting talent based on the brand that we've built and the culture of our firm to come here. And for us, hiring hasn't been as big of a challenge as, as you hear about, because we put so much emphasis on our culture and the way we treat people and the way we want to be proud of the type of work we do. And people see that and they respond to it and they want to be a part of it. So, you know, when I think about being proud of the work, it's actually broader than that. And it's more being proud of what we built in how we approach the work. Um, I think a lot of that's done internally too, because you said the culture, but I think even people who follow A&E can see that you guys are always having a lot of fun. I just saw a lot of photos of your 50th anniversary party. And um, I think, yeah, I think people who work here are, have got it figured out for sure. You guys are doing, doing the right things. Culture for us drives everything. I'm, I'm a, that's been a big push of mine. And I just believe that um, culture trumps it all. And it just, if we can create the kind of environment where people know they're supported and they can excel and they can pursue their craft. And if I can create a culture of leaders building leaders, we win, right? Everybody wins because if, if I see a, an important aspect of my role as the leader here to empower others, to achieve something that they didn't think was possible to exceed their own expectations, and if I can do that every day and create a platform for people to exceed their own expectations, what a remarkable shift in how we do business. And that's how we go to the next level. And that's how we put so much emphasis on culture. And a big part of that is how we play, right? Our 50th anniversary was epic. It was next level. We, we went all out and it was fun. And people told me afterwards that that was not only the best A&E party I've ever been to, that was the best party I've ever been to. And that, you know, we do have to play a little bit, right? We work hard and you do need to enjoy it. Well, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, management is difficult in all circumstances, but especially when you're managing creatives, you know, just bringing out the best in, in a creative person can be really challenging. It can be very effort. challenging. Yeah. And we, we, we run on a spectrum where we have creatives and then we also have 
very technical project managers mm -hmm. and everybody has to play well in the sandbox, which is my job to make sure I create that. So would you say that company culture is, has been the key to your success and A&E's success? I, I absolutely believe it has been. I have put more emphasis on culture than anything. And culture is something that every organization has, whether you talk about it or not, and whether you're intentional about it or not, right? And so being intentional about culture and what we want it to be is imperative to our success. I believe it drives creativity, drives a tra uh, traction to want to be here, a retention of great talent. It's everything. When people know that they're at a place that the culture is our priority, it really matters. What inspired you to get into architecture in the first place? You know, I grew up in and around the construction industry. Uh, my family has a um, longstanding residential construction uh, company here in Billings. And growing up around it was just part of my childhood. But, you know, honestly, I knew from the time I was five years old that I wanted to be an architect and it never wavered. I, I was on it uh, like a laser beam knowing that this is what I wanted to do. And I used to draw and, uh, you know, draw plans and art and everything when I was very young. And I stayed that course all the way through, never really even questioned not doing it because I was, I was that passionate about it and knew it was, it was my life goal and pursuit. Wow. There's, you know, I had a lot of kids when they're in first grade, when grown ups ask them what they want to be when they grow up. I don't think a lot of them say architect. But you actually went and did it. Uh, yeah, I did it. I knew I from, you know, Legos to build it to drawing floor plans when I was young. It was uh, it was always something that I was that was very passionate about. What are your, some of your goals for the next 10 years? Yeah, you know, when, when I talk about the potential of what we can be at A&E, I have a lot of goals and I think about this this new approach to fusing different disciplines that are not traditionally put under the same roof. It's all about innovation to me. It's all about um, really understanding that kind of unrealized potential, finding it, uncovering it, putting talent on a mission to solve it, and then doing something that no one else is in, in that creative space. So when I think about how we can grow, it's really about fusing that creativity in different disciplines to solve even bigger challenges and bigger problems that we run into. We, I'd say 10 years ago, we didn't feel like we were in a place to compete with some of the big firms out there. And we were, oh, we got to get a little bigger. We got to have a little more capacity, a little more technology, whatever, whatever it was that we were always striving for. And then we reached this point where it was like, now we're in that place. We, that was our goal, right? We wanted to be the firm that was seen capable of attacking any of those challenges and being on par with any of the big firms knowing that that are from around the country, right? That we, we end up competing with now because um, the, it's gotten a lot more flat in terms of how you compete. And we have firms from all over the country coming to pursue a project at one of the universities, for example, and we're always going head to head with the biggest and best firms out there. And we need to be on par to compete. And that means we have to be pressing at every angle of how we get better, how we hire the best talent, 
how we invest in those people, how we invest in our culture, which centers around how we all get better and create that kind of opportunity. And what we're doing is so unique. So how we pull those different disciplines together to go after bigger projects in a farther reach is really, at, I'd say, at the center of, of my goals for the next few years. So it seems like you have a lot of vision, obviously, for this industry and for our community. What kinds of things do you do to help bring up the next generation of people in this field um, to be successful and carry on the legacy that, that you're creating here at a &E? Yeah, I'm really focused on how we become, we, I feel like we have this obligation and, and a great responsibility to be leaders, mentors, and coaches to the next generation. And I have, I have been a part of uh, some of this work with what our local school district is doing, for example, in terms of the, um, the programs to encourage uh, students to get engaged in industry that they're interested in. When I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to be an architect, as I said, but I never had an opportunity to actually go in to an architecture firm and mentor or job shadow somebody. And I always, all the way through, as I was entering into college, I wondered what the actual practice of architecture was like. I, I knew that I didn't want to waver from that, but I never became an architect because I had a great experience. And I know that I'm an anomaly. Most students are flipped they need that experience they need that opportunity to see what it's like to encourage them to go into it so we have developed a, a robust internship program here where we're bringing interns in as much as possible both at um, a high school level and creating just miniature interns or job shadow opportunities but also at a, at a college level to where we're um, employing interns for summer or semester programs and it's been it's been really fun to watch we have great success stories we have many employees that were interns that now work for us and some of our best talent we we get to capture early get them brought into the culture get them indoctrinated right that <laughs> this is where they want to be and then and then they don't want to leave and that's awesome because we get access to that great talent we have um designers and architects here that are um, adjunct professors at the School of Architecture at MSU. And that's just an important relationship. We believe in giving back through that arena. That's such a fun coincidence because our next gen exceptional emerging leader is Bo Brunsma, who coordinates that on the school district two side. So listeners will be hearing more about that program later on. <laughs> Bo is a great leader and uh, the program that, that he and the superintendent are building for Billings Public Schools is, I believe, a real pinnacle around this region for what the possibilities are. And I have talked with other school districts. We do a lot of K-12 education design around all over Montana. And I've talked to other superintendents and school leaders on what Billings is doing. And it's always held in high regard that if we could only get there, we'll have a major impact. So I know it's, it's looked up to in many other school districts. Absolutely. Dusty, what does it mean to you to be named the outstanding business person for 2023 by the Billings Chamber? This award is, frankly, it's just very humbling. It's, um, I can't tell you, you all and, and the listeners how much it means 
to me, both to be recognized by the chamber. And I look back at past winners and see the caliber of people and, and knowing the, the rigorous process that you all go through to select a winner that in and of itself is so meaningful. And it just, um, it's a really important milestone for me personally, but also knowing that my team, um, advocated for and, and, um, submitted me for this award is, is equally meaningful and important to, um, I just work so hard on creating an environment here where people know they're supported and, and trying to give back, um, to each individual employee and finding that their passion and their place and creating that platform for them to excel and, and then to step back and see them give back in this way of, yeah, we believe you're deserving of this possibility and this opportunity. It's, it's so humbling and it's, um, I'm just very appreciative for it. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for everything that you do for the community and congratulations. Thank you both. I really appreciate the opportunity. Next up, we are talking to our next gen exceptional emerging leader, Bo Brunsma. Bo, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you've been on the show fairly recently talking about the work that you do at School District 2. We'll link to that episode in the show notes if people want to learn even more about some of the work that you're doing. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and you know the, the work that you do for the school district? Yeah. So uh, again, my name is Bo Brunsma. Um, I am the current outreach director for Billings Public Schools. I'm not originally from Montana. I grew up in South Dakota. Um, went all the way through, um, you know, K-12 education, South Dakota, I graduated with about 50 students, um, mostly, mostly small schools growing up. Um, I ended up going to the university of South Dakota. I did my undergrad in political science, thought I was going to be a lawyer, took the LSAT, decided I wanted to go a different direction <laughs> after, you know, doing some internships and things. So I went back to school, got a master's degree, public administration, knowing that I wanted to work in government or in some type of role like that. And that's what really brought me to Montana. I moved here in 2000, at the end of 2015 to work for the state of Montana. Um, my sister had moved to Billings from South Dakota. She had gotten a job at Billings Clinic. I'd visited a couple of times. I was like, hey, I'll just try to find a job out here in Montana. I, I you know, I'd visited a couple of times and had really enjoyed it. The, the role I interviewed for was supposed to be in Helena for the state, but it ended up that they said, hey, we actually, the position is going to cover the eastern part of the state. Would you be open to living in Billings? So that's kind of how I ended up here. It was kind of a, I was trying to move to Montana in general. I ended up in Billings because of the role that they had, and it worked out perfectly because my sister was already here and she was living in Billings with her family. So, um, yeah, I guess my background is kind of in, um, I started in state government, had really worked in like workforce development programs, and then... I'd been eyeing this position that I have now with the district. It had existed for about two years before I ended up getting the job. And so someone else had the role. He ended up retiring. And I knew that, hey, if, he, if that job ever came open, I'd be interested. I became mm -hmm. especially interested when Superintendent Upham got the job. So he got the job the year before it came open. And I had worked with him when I was with the state in um, on some programs with Helena High School and some of their construction programs. And I just I knew Greg relatively well through that. And I said, you know, hey, that's someone I want to work for. That's a job that I would want to do. And so I ended up applying um, and getting the job. And yeah, I, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And so I work primarily with in the business community, trying to establish relationships with the school district um, for all things career for students. So I primarily work with sixth through 12th graders and it's everything from career awareness, like just kids getting kids 
aware of what's out there, um, helping them start to explore that. Um, We have a pretty robust career center and career technical education opportunities in Billings Public Schools. So it's about, you know, allowing them to play in the sandbox in our different classrooms to maybe spark a career interest and then ultimately trying to get them connected to the people and the businesses in the community. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit about me, a little bit about what I do. And um, yeah, it's a really, it's honestly a really fun job it's to, to, to have. So in thinking about all the work that you do, which is obviously very impactful, can you talk a little bit about what, what inspires you the most and, and some of the things that you're the proudest of in your role? Yeah. So my, both of my parents are um, educators. So my dad and my mom are both currently teachers in Billings Public Schools. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. My dad teaches high school business. That's what they did when, um, from about when I was born or before I was born until I was about in uh, just before middle school, they were both teachers. My dad ended up getting out of teaching to become a nursing home administrator. It was one of those, like they had two kids (laughs) and they needed a little bit more money type of deals. So he ended up doing, going a different direction with his career. Um, and my mom has stayed, she'd served in various roles as, um, you know, she's taught kindergarten, first grade. She was my first grade teacher. Um, she taught fifth grade math. She was my fifth grade math teacher, sixth grade PE had her for that as well. She taught at the college level in the school of ed. So she actually taught at the university that I went to. I never had classes with her. And so I guess what kind of inspired me is that I always have that. Like I honestly probably would have become a teacher if it wasn't for my parents saying like, Hey, it's, it's a pretty, you know, it's pretty tough, uh, especially in South Dakota, the teacher pay is pretty low as it is um, in Montana. And they said, maybe try to, you know, we would encourage you to look at other careers. And so that's why I kind of, I went on the path that I did. And, but it always had a pull, you know, education always kind of had a pull on me. And so this role was perfect to blend. Like what, what had I done in my career? Um, It, you know, kind of lined up perfectly to get involved with K-12 education. So I I kind of, I don't know, I just, I, I was pulled by that. And I think it's just growing up in a house of teachers. My parents, even when my dad wasn't a teacher, I just feel like, that's his men. That's that's who he is to me, and so, yeah, it's just the sphere of influence I had. That seeing seeing um, what they do for a living and how I, what I was raised around, I think I just naturally kind of gravitated towards that. And it's just it's about like you know helping young kids find what they're passionate about or figure even just figure out what they're not what they think they might enjoy, and then they they get to try it out and they decide no, I want to go a different direction. I think that there's just something really um, inspiring about that. It's fun. And you just get a lot of energy from, um, you, you know, going over those topics with young people. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not in a position where I get to talk to a lot of high school students, but anytime I do and I, I talk to a student that's involved in the career center or any of that sort of career pathway stuff that you're in charge of, they just absolutely rave about it. You know, it's had a, it's had a huge impact on all of these students. Yeah. And it, I think it's a testament a little bit to Billings as a community. We're the only standalone. We have a career center where our three high school students get to, you know, from Skyview Senior and West get to attend that building. And that was a decision made by this community back in the 70s to do that. There are a lot of communities in Montana and in the region who they're like, well, how did you guys do that? And what, you know, how, I wish we had that and, you know, that type of thing. So I think it's like all of this has built for a long time and that Billings has kind of always seen that as val- valuable. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we, we, we need something so our students can try out careers and see what they're interested in above and beyond what a lot of school districts, I think this size have available. We have, we, we offer our students a lot more opportunities and it's been going on for a long time. Um, and then just with the way that things have gone in the world with all the opportunity out there for jobs and careers, 
um, it's really timed up well right now for this to re- this type of work to to take off. Do you think too that Billings is really leading the way in a lot of the work that you guys are doing at school district? Yeah, so I think um, number one is we've invested in resources. That's human resources, as in myself, um, career coaches, um, into you know physical build like the physical building of the career center. Um, I think like when we are at the legislative level talking about work-based learning and career technical education, we're off. Um, we're often at that table. Number one, we have the largest school district. We have 17,000 students in our school district. So it's, it's about 10% of the, the students within the state lie in the Billings school district. So we're a pretty decent, you know, obviously sized mm-hmm. um, school district, but we're often at the, at those tables, um, partially because we've, we've invested in the people and the resources to do that, to kind of lead the way in a lot of that. And a lot of school, uh, a lot of other school districts are looking at, you know, they call us all the time and say, Hey, how do we, how do we get career coaches in our community? How do we fund a position like yours? And so those are things that have taken like public private partnerships where the school district and, you know, other organizations are really working together to try to figure that out. And so I would, I would say definitely Billings has always been on like the, the leading way long before I ever came into this, this role, honestly. So, yeah. You talked a little bit about the the stuff that we've done, you know, going all the way back to the 70s. You talked about uh, Superintendent Upham's leadership, but you just won an award. So I'm going to make you brag about yourself a little bit. What are some <laughs> of the things that that you've done that you think attribute to your success so far? Uh, what are some of the things that, that you've done that you would advise somebody else starting out at a younger position to do? Yeah, so I, I think it it's hard to to say this without like complimenting other people because I don't think <laughs> there's a lot of ways that this position could be, you know, someone could have this position and without the support from others, it would be a lot harder and it, the ceiling on what you could accomplish would be a lot lower. So I would say part of it is like coming in with a vision about what we wanted to do. So we really, uh, I think superintendent up because of his background, he was a tech ed teacher that they're very, uh, not very often does someone get to be a superintendent, let alone the superintendent of the biggest school district in Montana. When they come from a tech ed background, that's really not where tech, tech ed teachers usually stay in those classes. You know, they teach construction, welding, business. They don't, they don't rise up into administration. So I think he had a unique lens into, hey, there's a ton of opportunity out there for young people. I think our young people are ready to take advantage of some of those opportunities. And the problem is, is they just can't network themselves always to exactly what they want to do and so our idea is you know it was based off of that vision that we said okay what we really want to do is we want to you know um, expose students to all these different careers and opportunities we want to get them excited about it we want them to start exploring it and then we just want to keep opening doors based off of what their interest is and we as a school district it's our job to network them so that mom and dad don't have to know someone in the construction industry to get a student connected there and so i think what what i'm most proud of is that we have really grown that and really started to like um, actually implement that where we are introducing students to things that they're interested in and getting them connected to companies and careers in town while they're still in high school in a way that I think a lot of those students maybe would have gone down different paths, things that they weren't as passionate about, what they kind of had access to. And so that that work and, and a part of our like future ready initiative where we don't care if you're gonna go to college, we don't care if you're gonna go to work, there's tons of opportunities out there. We really want to know what you're interested in and we want to help you get there. I think that's future ready and that idea coming to fruition and actually ha- seeing students have those positive outcomes where they get connected to the career that they really enjoy, I think is some of the most proud work that we've done. But it, and it really started with Superintendent Upham's vision and then him allowing, you know, trusting me and allowing me to to 
do all you know do that you know he's he stayed like very much at like the vision level of like hey this is what we want to do he's let me he's very much let me take the reins on how that looks and has trusted me to do that and so i think it's just been really empowering and um i've always felt supported in that and so it's it's yeah it's the, i would say that's some of the most proud yeah. work that we've done is in the in the future ready area you're satisfied with being able to execute that effectively yeah, and I think yeah. my backgrounds before that really lent to that working with the state. I, I had really good opportunities to like build programs and was, um, you know, right away, it does not everything sticks, not everything is successful, but having people behind you that say, hey, you're on the right track, just tweak, you know, this is this was 80% successful, just tweak it next year for, you know, how you do it mm -hmm. and really trusting that, like allow you to try things, knowing that there's going to be some failure involved or things that don't go as well as you think they are obviously safe like we want we, we never put our students in uh, unsafe environments yeah but always just like the logistics of like how how's the communication with the company what's the communication like with the student that has taken some trial and error of what works best and i think just allowing you know being allowed to to go through that and not seeing things as like oh that didn't work we should never do that again um it's been it's really empowering to to be able to fail um or or not do things perfectly and then you know, still have the confidence from people above you to, hey, keep doing what you're doing. You're yeah. on the right track. Since this is a next gen exceptional emerging leader award, I'm curious about your involvement with next gen. And if you can talk a little bit about what that's done to help you out in reaching the goals and that you have for your for your job and personally. Yeah. So uh, job wise, I think it's it's a group that I've always should have been participating. in. I think with COVID, it was easy to not do as much. You know, it was hard. It was harder to connect. I think everyone felt that. Um, but it was always next gen was always something where it's like there's tons of young professionals who are willing to lend their time, their expertise, their career, you know, what they do for a career to our young people. So as a, like as a job, I met a ton of people who are willing to help our students out through that. Um, and so that's, it's just been hugely beneficial work-wise. Um, there's a lot of people who are willing to mentor or to talk to a student or, you know, tell them, you know, show, have them out for a job shadow in this group. Um, and I, I've been impressed with how gracious people are with that time and how much that, it really energizes them, you know, talking with someone a little bit younger that's interested in what you do. I think it's, it's been helpful for them. It's been awesome for our students. And then just personally, I think my participation in NextGen, what I've gotten the most out of it is I obviously I've, I've met a ton of people that I could, you know, I, I just didn't know. I, I feel like not being from here, I didn't know as many people in the professional community before this. And so I've got to meet people that I, you know, I consider friends and that I enjoy, you know, running into around town. And then I just feel a little bit more like civically attached to what's going on in Billings. The chamber does a really good job of, of bringing that into NextGen and we get access to things that other, you know, you don't get if you're not a part of the group. Um, you get access to people that you wouldn't get access to, you get information and stuff. And so I just feel like it's honestly improved how I feel about being a citizen of Billings and of what is going on and what's important to us and to me um, and going on in our community. So I think per I, I have both a professional benefit and a personal benefit that I've drawn from um, becoming more active in NextGen. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, thanks. What are some of your goals for the future? Um, goals for the future. I think just continue to grow the stuff that we're doing. I think we're really on. To, we've really um, like crap, like that that vision of hey, w if we expose, or if we show students all the careers that they can have, and they and we continually check in with them, and we offer them opportunities to explore that, and we just keep opening those doors. I think we can still do a better. Like we're we're honestly running into like a capacity problem where it's like growing so fast 
and we don't, we only have a certain amount of people that do it that we have to find better ways you know ways to work smarter so that we can serve more students um and so i think just goals are really trying to if, if students know what they want to do we want to continue to to grow our connections in the community so that when a student's interested in the agriculture community we've got a rolodex of five people that i can call that you know w are willing to work with this student all for, you know from something as simple as a job shadow or an informational interview all the way up to a summer job an internship a career path i think just continuing to grow that i think um not to diminish the the college bound student we obviously um, deal with a lot of college bound students so i think continue to do that work so that students go into college with a better idea of what they might want to do mm -hmm. um so that you know you're not undeclared when you go in you think and not only do you think you want to be an accountant and go you know that way you've got to see it you've got to work with some public accountants you got to see you know some other you know account, different contexts that you could work before you go and spend that money on a degree um and continue to grow like our ap offerings we have some grants and stuff like that where we can pay for dual credit we can pay we can cover the cost of ap so continuing to strike that balance between we want students to, uh, first and foremost to figure out careers that they want but mm -hmm. knowing that their their career path is going to be different depending on what they want to pursue we that college piece is still really important because we know a lot of our students are going to want to do that and so i think the goals are really trying to it just continue to grow that and improve how we serve students in that so that they can feel like, wow, I, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do. And I went down this path and it solidified, you know, and I didn't have to waste my time in college, you know, yeah, going around, a few, changing my major twice, you know, having to add a fifth year to that four year degree because you didn't have the credits in the right spot. I think there's something kind of in this work for everyone. And so the goals kind of um, span across all of the students that we serve, no matter where they're going to go in a career. Yeah. Or even just within that career path, you know, knowing what type of accountant you wanted to be what knowing what type of doctor you want to be so you have a better idea of what classes you might be interested in or what other even outside of that major what other things that you think might be useful just yeah, that, well, the, the career like, lattice right like yeah. hey there's all these different ways that you can go you can start off becoming an electrician but there's all these different roles in the electrical field for example that like you you can be at a desk job in the in as an electrician like you can be the person that does all the bids you can be a person who runs you know you're a manager so you're only you're man you're taking that knowledge that you have of the field and you're like working with people that's really what we're you're, you're exactly right that there's all of that too where it's i think that's a big piece that we're trying to work with the younger generation on mm -hmm. too is because saying like hey you're going to be this for the rest of your life is really scary for them <laughs> um but opening their eyes to hey this is where you enter that career field and there's all these different lattices of careers off of that that you can take your skill set and you can continue to grow and do different roles so that you're not feeling like you're stagnant and those types of things i think students really gravitate towards yeah. that because they want you know they they i um they get a bad rap i feel like out there about you know this generation and those types of things i think they're really motivated by tell me what i need to do and how i can get there and i'll do it i'll work for you and i'll do it um if you just put them in an entry-level job and you don't give them a great idea of where their their places to go they you know i think it becomes a little bit less attractive for them to go into those jobs so that that is honestly a part of like what our messaging is it's like mm. hey this is where you enter there's going to be all these these career opportunities but the big thing is that like that entry level position is really important too you have to work hard to be able to move into these other roles yeah and my experience with it has been the younger generation they will work really hard 
as long as they know that as long as they're properly motivated and they know that there's something career wise in it for them. And I think that's that's a fair thing for them to ask of us is like, hey, where can this go? Tell me what I need to do and I'll I'll do it. I think that's it's I think it's a healthy thing for employers even to to start thinking that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like those types of services would have been really beneficial for, yeah, for, all for of me us. when I was younger. I wish I'd yeah. had something like that for sure. For all of us meandering, wandering yeah. around. I mean, and, yeah. and the the funny part is too, like being in the position I'm in now, it's not like someone could have told me I was going to be a career outreach director or like really help me with yeah. that. But I do think that like all of these things of like, hey, you should take this job because you're going to get exposed to this. You're going to learn how to do this. That's what's led me to this. And so I think it is helpful in the way that I've gone throughout my own career that like that's how that's how jobs are going to be for this younger generation. There's going to be jobs that we don't even know about. Um, but it's really about that experience, the skill sets you would d- develop, how you articulate that and how you like really sell yourself on like these are the things that I think are translatable to these other jobs. The, we're really starting to have those conversations now at an earlier age. And I think it'll be, I hope that it'll be more helpful for them and there, there will be less indecision and, yeah. you know, wondering what I want to do if we really do this right. Yeah. 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 There's, it's so surprising. The skills that you develop in one arena can be applied in really interesting ways to something completely different. And that's why exposure is so valuable, especially for young people. And I think that that's what your program provides. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So to wrap up, Bo, can you tell us what it means to you personally to be named the next gen exceptional emerging leader for 2023 by the Billings Chamber? Um, I think, yeah, I think it's uh, obviously a great, a uh, huge honor, um, humbled to like be considered and even get, get the award. Um, it's a little, it's hard to you know, when you get uh, for me, getting an honor like that is like it's almost embarrassing at first. You're like, oh, I, I, there's this attention that's involved. But then um, I think to me, it's really solidified that like, hey, we're doing good work in Billings Public Schools in the area that, uh, you know, of careers. And it's not it's not just one person. There's a ton of people who really care about students in this area that are making this happen. So it's I think it's as like as our team and as our school district, it's like, hey, we're this area that we're all working in, the teachers, counselors, career coaches, administrators, myself. It's like it feels that feels validated in some ways. Um, It makes me proud to be, you know, a part of the Billings community. Um, I feel like it's like I said, the the next gen group has really connected me to the community. And so I feel like that has been, again, a validation of like, hey, this is why you got more involved with this group. And this is why, you know, investing your time to go to cahoots and to quarters and to all these things. It's like you're getting like this is a validation of like, yeah, it was worth it, worth it to do that because I feel more connected to the community. And then, yeah, I just I, I think the last thing I'll say is that I can't get out of here without saying like there's a ton of people who um, along the way helped me, who whether it was a, a teacher, uh, a coach, uh, a coworker, a boss, uh, you know, a colleague, um, someone who I met through NextGen that I, I don't think I would be here if I, I hadn't you know, felt supported, if they hadn't been you know, my cheerleader or told me something I needed to hear when I didn't necessarily want to hear it. And so there's like a ton of people, I feel like, along this process that have helped me. And it also, I think it brings it back to like my role. Like those are the types of relationships that we're trying to create for young people through this work as well, because no one gets anywhere by themselves. It does, you know, there's as much as, as hard as you can try, you really have a lot of people along the way that you can credit for helping you out to get where you are. And so I think for, for that, it's been nice for 
those teachers and all those things reaching out and saying, Hey, there's this award that I got. I wouldn't have been here without you. It's been a nice way to like give them their, you know, th- that's, uh, and especially with educators, that's their jazz. That's like what they, why they're in that role. And I am no different that that has had a huge impact on me. So being able to say, Hey, this, this is, this is the way that you've impacted me. And I'm getting, you know, there's this honor that I get. I, I wouldn't have done it, been able to be here without you has been a, kind of a nice way to reach out to them and, and thank them. That's great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for all the work that you're doing in the community and congratulations. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Congratulations. And thank you're you to the chamber. So very yeah. deserving of this yeah. award, Bo. Thank you. Thank you to Dusty and Bo for taking the time to speak with us. And once again, congratulations. Thank you to Hannah for co-hosting and a big thank you, especially to Payne West for sponsoring ChamberCast. If you'd like to suggest a topic or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. If you like what you hear, please rate us on your preferred platform or recommend us to a friend. Don't forget to subscribe to ChamberCast wherever you get your podcasts because there is something here for everyone.